0: Come on, get down with the sickness. Get up. Come on, get down with the sickness. Get up. Come on, get down with the sickness. Open up your head and let it flow into me. Get up. Come on, get down with the sickness. Mother cannot... Welcome
1: to Come on, get Chronically down with Fully sickness. Sick. Before we begin, can... we'd like to acknowledge that we're recording today on the stolen lands of the Aeora and Gulen Nations. Sovereignty was never ceded and this was and always will be Aboriginal land.
2: Welcome to Chronically Fully Sick, episode 13, the spookiest episode of all. <laughs> all that remains are memories. I remember a time of chaos, ruined dreams, this wasted land, but most of all, I remember the road warriors, the women we called Chloe Sargent and Joanna Nilsson. To understand who they were, we have to go back to the other time when the world was powered by the black fuel and the desert sprouted great cities of pipe and steel, gone now, swept away. For reasons long forgotten, two mighty warrior tribes went to war and touched off a blaze which engulfed them all. Without fuel, there were nothing. They built a house of straw. The thundering machines spluttered and stopped. Their leaders talked and talked and talked. But nothing could stop the avalanche. Their world crumbled. Cities exploded. A whirlwind of
1: looting. A firestorm of fear. Men began to feed on men. Mate, I just went out and had a durry in the time that you were. <laughs> the time that you did that, true. <laughs>
2: oh gosh, that was an excerpt of uh, I think believe the start of Mad Max Two. Yes, I believe so. One of yes. our finest exports.
1: Yes. Yeah, a real slice of Australiana there for you, overseas listeners. Joe's just absolutely on one with these intros. They're just getting more and more ridiculous, and this is what lockdown does to people. This is what it does to the brain. <laughs> it's, it's interesting it's to watch.
2: Strangely, it's strangely pertinent, is
1: that the word? Pertinent? Oh, yeah, mm. to a, the crumbling society and the world ending around us. Yeah, absolutely. That old chestnut. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: But yes, you are right, Chloe. I have been in lockdown yet again in yes. this wonderful city, Melbourne, in this year of our Lord, 2021. But unlike many other places, it will be ending at midnight tonight, which yes. does date this podcast recording horribly. Oh yeah, that's that's fine. A bit emotional about being under lockdown again after the seven months that Melbourne went through last year. It kind of just yeah revs us all up a bit. How long so, was
1: this one? Oh, uh, only like five days. It's fine. yeah, but still as soon as you like the lockdown begins i suppose it's like all of the sort of memories of that 7 months must just sort of rise up again people throw around the
2: you know ptsd thing but you know mm. it kind of does feel a little
1: yeah like absolutely
2: that sometimes yeah oh, oh, speaking of not trauma though mm. um you've had a pretty good week yeah
1: yes so yeah very 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 excited if you don't follow me or us on our social medias, uh, you would not have seen that I adopted a cat, and I'm so excited. His name is Noodle, He's so cute. and he um, he came to me through, uh, you know, destiny and fate and all of those types of things. But um, mm-hmm. it was a family that had dogs and another cat and lots of kids and that kind of stuff, and they just they were heartbroken to give him up. But one of the youngest daughters had developed a a severe allergy to him because he is a long hair baby. So they decided, and a little they, squishy face. Yeah, so he's like a, one of the sort of like Persian exotic kind of things, and yeah, it was very emotional. <laughs> it was an emotional roller coaster, but yeah, now I've got a beautiful little three and a half year old kitty named Noodle. So there will be lots of photos. And you started a,
2: um, Instagram so that the family could um, yeah the keep little in girl. touch, right?
1: Yeah, I I promised her that I'd start an Instagram for him so she could check in and see how his uh, his previous name was Mr. Sprinkles so so she could check how Mr. <laughs> Sprinkles was doing. So he is uh, Noodle Sarge on Instagram. So Aww. yes, if you would like to see photos of my silly squish face cat. Oh yeah, and we also had a very exciting uh, article come out. I know in Canada, of in all places. In Canadian place, yeah. It that was, sounds um, like a um. What is it when you get
2: thrush? Candida, I (laughs) should...
1: Candida, yeah, it is. (laughs) Uh, Yes, in Candida. (laughs) We got contacted by a journalist in, was it Toronto? Yeah. Yeah, she contacted us and asked if we could give insights into... What it's like dating and uh, dating and relationships and sex and all of that jazz with our chronic illness, which weirdly enough, lined up exactly with the topic of our last episode. Yeah, okay, they um, asked
2: us before that, which was kind of weird. Yeah, uh, like, and it's in the London Free Press in Toronto, if you yeah. want to read that.
1: I managed to get a silly quote in there that had a Seinfeld reference. You know, when you're chronically ill and you've got limited energy and you're fatigued and all that kind of stuff, you have to be picky and choosy about who you uh, spend time with. So I feel like uh, Elaine from Seinfeld, where she has the, like, drought of contraceptive sponges, and so Mm -hmm. she has to decide if people are sponge-worthy. That's true classic.
3: She said I wasn't sponge-worthy. Wouldn't waste a sponge on me. And our friend
1: Kylie Maslin
2: was in there as well, the... um, esteemed author, yes. esteemed Spoony author,
1: who we yes, love. our queen and icon. Mm-hmm.
2: Other news I would like to report, which made me kind of particularly excited because, I don't know, I guess I'm a nerd for this kind of stuff. Mm. And, like, no one has paid us to say this. Can I just? Oh, yeah. We have absolutely no sponsorships whatsoever. But, you know, if they want to send me a free pair of shoes, like,
1: oh, yeah. totally sweet. Totally sweet. I would Um, also like a free pair of shoes. I love shoes. Anyway, uh,
2: I was <laughs> I was so delighted to see um, Nike release a new pair of sneakers this week. These new sneakers that I'm super excited about actually come from a design that was developed in 2012. A teenager wrote to Nike who had, I believe, cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. and overcame many of the physical limitations doctors predicted for him, but tying his shoes really remained a challenge. Yeah, yeah, and so so he was going into being a college freshman and wrote a letter to Nike saying my dream is to go to the college of my choice without having to worry about someone coming to tie my shoes every day I've worn Nike basketball yeah I've worn Nike basketball shoes all my life I can only wear this type of shoe because I need ankle support to walk Mm -hmm. at 16 years old I'm able to completely dress myself but my parents still have to tie my shoes as a teenager who's striving to become totally self-sufficient I find this really difficult
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, it's one it must be like one of those things that is like very demoralizing, you know, kind of thing. It's like yeah, for fuck's totally sake, like, you know, why do I have to do this shit? <laughs> I know. Matthew uh, Walzer is his name.
2: Yeah. Um, And he worked with a designer at Nike called Toby Hatfield. And they developed this design with him totally. That particular design had a a kind of zip that curled up the back um, Mm -hmm. in kind of like a way that would follow the gravity of you sort of pulling – your the zip across and up on the back of the shoe and walzer at the time said when i put the shoes on every morning they give me the greatest sense of independence and accomplishment i've ever felt in my life yes that brings us to february this month nike have sort of gone on that knowledge that they developed with that first set of shoes yeah yeah um with matthew um and they've announced the nike go fly ease and so that actually doesn't require the use of any hands to put on or take off
1: yeah i think that's the coolest thing about it right when i first I saw them it was like so many of the sort of accessibility shoes and all of that kind of stuff it's like oh velcro or zips and stuff like that and for mm-hmm. people that have mobility issues and shaky hands and that kind of stuff like that kind of thing it's like it's easier but it still can be challenging, you know. I'm one of those people that just
2: try and put my sneakers on and take them off by like squishing
1: the back of the shoe down. Same, all of my shoes have like the back of them squished down because I'm like, "Oh god, I oh, bent over can't be now I'm lightheaded and yeah." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's far too difficult. Yeah, totally.
2: So what attracted me is they look sick. They
1: do look Um, sick. And the range is really impressive as well. Like the colorways and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome.
2: So what it is, it's got... It kind of looks like it folds in half a bit so you put your heel in the back and then it kind of snaps around the rest of your foot yeah um and it's got an elastic band called the tensioner stretching around the entire shoe and a hinge in front of the heel that has an open and closed posture so when the weight presses down on the heel the hinge locks closed allowing the band to keep the shoe on tight and so when you take the shoe off you place a foot on the back of the other shoe's heel kicker and then pull your foot up and it pops the hinge open and allows you to
1: slip your foot out so Which it's basically what I do anyway but yeah just without a hinge a,
2: yeah 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 <laughs> you know, so it's a it's, very
1: sort of like intuitive sort of situation because that's how people kick off their shoes naturally kind of thing you know? I know yeah it's, so it's yeah.
2: essentially kind of replicating what people's needs are and what they're trying to do yeah so I thought that was a cool bit of smart design yeah. that I thought
1: I would pop in there
2: but yeah, if they if you'll wanna send us some um, like Yeah.
1: <laughs> We're just going to be tagging Nike at all at all times. But yeah, no, it is it is yeah, it is really awesome. They look really similar to a lot of like the new Nike designs, sort of very early Yeezy-ish kind of thing, but they've got heaps mm-hmm. of different colorways as well. I find that like when mm-hmm. stuff like this normally happens, it's like oh, you get these weird sort of like navy blue color that is very basic in general. And you don't get it. But, yeah, no, there's shitloads, shitloads in- oh, with this. Oh, it's, it's awesome. like when,
2: remember that episode The Simpsons where Bart gets the orthopedic shoes and they look like bowling balls? Yes! On, like, platforms? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, nice
2: shoes! Uh, two feet. Uh. And what's our other piece of um feral, gross news this week? Oh, God. Chloe. What? Do I need to say the name... The Voldemort name. Oh,
1: okay. I thought we were doing this a bit later in the, uh, in, the in the Just order. get it over with. Okay. <laughs> As of an hour ago, when we we're recording this, our he who shall not be named, which I will cuz Joe refuses to. Peter Evans uh, has uh, had his Instagram uh, deleted finally, which is a long time coming and a lot of people have been absolutely on Instagram's back to to do this. But a uh, spokesperson spoke to someone from Gizmodo and said, we removed Pete Evans' account for repeatedly sharing debunked claims about coronavirus or vaccines. We do not allow anyone to share misinformation about COVID-19 that could lead to imminent physical harm or about COVID-19 vaccines that have been debunked by public health experts, which is all well and good, but they took their bloody time with it. Yeah, so, only took them a fucking year. Yeah. Get out of town. <laughs> like Everyone's just like, come on, guys, this is... <laughs> this is Maybe not so great. But, yeah, so his, uh, his Instagram's gone, so let's see how long that lasts. But, uh, yeah. And our friend Lavender
2: over at Pedestrian did report on the fact that he has announced he is entering politics. And we're yes. one for the New South Wales Senate as part of the Great Australian Party, which Classic. was announced at approximately 1 a.m. on a Friday, which apparently is uh, peak viewing hours for whoever the fuck would actually vote for Pete Evans. hmm
1: So the the bots that they've purchased from America,
2: (laughs) basically. The The Russians furiously yeah. tweeting in mm-hmm. their bunkers underneath the uh, Kremlin yeah. or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, right next to all the lizards that run our government or whatever. Mm. And Lav, uh, bless her heart, she um, had a absolutely cracking headline for that story. Pete da-da-da.
2: Evans is entering politics and surely there's a fucking vaccine to stop this.
1: Yeah, and she got so much hate from heat stands it's unfortunately something that happens when you work in digital media that you get a hell of mm-hmm. a lot of hate so condolences lav but you are a uh, australian hero and we mm-hmm. love and stand you i mean these people obviously haven't heard our podcast so oh, i hope they never do. maybe I hope they never yeah no it. no i hope they do bring oh. it oh great it. <laughs> we love <laughs> we love to be uh doxxed yeah super good Super uh, fun for us. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's happened to me a couple of yeah. times. It's, yeah, it's, happened, of it's happened to both of us, actually. Yeah. Why do we <laughs> That's the requirement for doing a podcast together, is that uh? you, our... <laughs> you can only come on our podcast if you've been doxed by absolutely just ridiculous people. Uh, oh, anyway, uh, um, let's put get on with this podcast, shall we? <laughs> I didn't read the actual order of things we were doing this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over the place it's all over uh, the place a chaotic
3: episode
1: uh, i warned um joe before we started today that i've got a bucket next to me because i've been so nauseous and i said to her so if i vomit please just edit out the vomit sounds so that may or may not i will this episode yeah she won't <laughs> look forward to me vomiting maybe guys yeah let's do a bloody podcast mate what are we talking about Well, speaking of people being sick on various
2: media platforms, uh, our next section is actually on representation of chronic illness in the media. So we're talking music, we're talking telly, we're talking movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll be doing this over a couple of episodes because there's a couple of things we actually do want to cover. And if you have suggestions of people you want us to talk about, Mm, bring it on. Totally. But we got a list. Let's start with your favourite show, Drag
1: Race. So yes, we—I uh, think we've kind of touched on this before. But I am a massive uh, fan of the medium of drag. So obviously, what? I watch. <laughs> so obviously, I watch uh, RuPaul's Drag Race like an absolute fiend. And there is actually representation of chronic illness on Drag Race was something that came out of the blue completely and utterly for me, Mm -hmm. um, which started with Evie Oddly on season 11, um, Mm -hmm. who I was just absolutely in awe of watching someone like a Mm non-white gay man talk about living with Ella's danlos and how it affects his body and there's like talking heads of him sort of speaking about how some days he can't walk properly and his joints slip in and out of place a lot and all of that kind of stuff. And it was just like absolutely mind bending to me because I'd never seen, especially a show as massive as Drag Race, I'd never seen someone talk so candidly and openly about what their life is like and what their job is like and what, how it impacts every single second of their life because they're chronically you
3: I'm just a little worried about hitting my knees because they come out of place a lot. What do you mean they come out of place? They just pop out? Yeah, it's a part of my disease I got, girl. All of my <laughs> pops out. What is it that you have? What's your issue? Uh, I have a connective tissue disorder where all of my joints are, while they're flexible, okay. all of it pops out of place if I hit the ground too hard. So I'm going to try and be soft. Of course, yeah. Thank you for telling me. And yeah, you should always be careful with your body. I have a disease called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome type 3. I don't produce a whole lot of collagen, so I have extra skin like everywhere, and I'm prone to dislocating my knees and things like that, but it's not going to hold me back in this competition.
1: And it mm, I just didn't Expect it from from Drag Race, you know. And so, yeah. So I am a massive Evie Oddly stan. I think she's absolutely amazing. And um, did Evie win? Yeah. So Evie won, but a lot of people thought that Brooklyn Heights should have won that season because she was a bit more well rounded. Mm. Whereas Evie was like the big weirdo kind of thing that was mm. very conceptual and all of that kind of thing. But she also does a lot of contortion work, which obviously lines up with Ella's Danloss. So Ella's Danloss is there's like. I'm actually currently going through testing for I'm waiting for a rheumatologist appointment um oh, so is everyone at the moment oh God. God, it is an unbelievable weight, and like even in like private over public it's uh, yeah anyway, it is you know we do have a great medical system, but there's there's you know there's a lot of fall downs as mm-hmm. we all know, so yeah, so basically Ella's loss. there's a heap of different types. I can't off the top of my head remember which one Evie has, but Basically, the general overview of ehlers Danlos is that your um, that your body doesn't produce enough collagen and um, some other things. So basically, it means that you can do things like you're generally double jointed, your joints dislocate and relocate very easily. You generally have like quite stretchy skin. You know, you can do a lot of like contortion and bending and that kind of stuff. But that obviously lends itself to having. Uh, widespread chronic pain, uh, joint pain, all of that kind of thing. And you get a lot of similar symptoms to fibromyalgia in the sense of like brain fog and memory loss and all of that kind of stuff as well mm. so yeah there are a lot of people <clears throat> who have been diagnosed with fibro and then get diagnosed with down loss as well it's a quite a common thing um mm. but uh yeah it does lip syncing
2: ne- and doing like death drops would have
1: just I, can't, oh, I cannot imagine unbelievable right and like yeah so there's yeah so RuPaul's Drag Race is its own beast obviously and then they actually released a series called Work the World And it's a documentary kind of series that follows these drag queens when they're on tour all around the world. And there's an episode about Evie and there's just this one scene where she's on tour and, you know, you watch how stressful and, like, the toll it takes on your body to be on tour in general. And there's just this one scene where she's preparing for that night's show and she's obviously having a massive flare-up of um, Ella's danlos and she's just trying to apply her makeup and is just crying because she's in so much pain and like, it's like wipe, wiping off her own makeup and all of that kind of stuff. And then she's just like curled up on a couch like an hour before she's about to go on stage and do all this contortion stuff. And it is just, it's something that I really just never expected to see on television, you know, like mm. it was heartbreaking and I cried my eyes out watching it. Um, and you can't take painkillers if you're going to do something like that because that you like might you hurt do. yourself even more. Like, Yeah, and if you're having no. a flare-up as well, sometimes if you push yourself and try to, like, push through and all of that kind of stuff, it makes you even worse the next day, you know? So, like, it can be this horrible snowball effect. So it must be just, like, having flare-ups in general is hard. I can't imagine trying to do it. And then like being on a tour bus for 16 hours, like just watching this, I was just an absolute awe watching this Mm. beautiful, beautiful drag queen. And she sort of speaks about how she doesn't know how many years she has left to be able to do drag and that kind of stuff, because Mm. at some point her body is just going to go, you can't do this anymore. And so she's trying to do all of it as much as she can now while she still can all of these conversations just like hit all of these different points in my heart that were just so it was all so close so close to home you know making that choice is really difficult too
2: because she's been given this like amazing opportunity Mm -hmm. and i get what she's saying to like push herself as much as she can because she doesn't know when the end period is going to be but if you push yourself as much as you can the end the end of it might be sooner as well totally and drag is hard
1: on like the body in general so the fact that mm. she's doing it with you know a joint condition is just beyond amazing like mm. it is
2: mm. but
1: yeah it will have an impact on her body for sure in the longer term so and then this year we've actually had this double barrel of chronically ill people on drag race which is just absolutely incredible so i know yeah, so there's, uh, if for people that don't watch it, there's a lot of different uh, variations of Drag Race. So there's the normal one, which is in the based in the US, and then they've got Drag Race UK, and Drag Race Thailand, and Drag Race Holland. And they're about to start, like they're filming at the moment for Drag Race Australia. So at the moment, we've got season 13 um, of Drag Race in the US, and we've also got season 2 of Drag Race UK. So... Mm-hmm. On uh, season 13 of Drag Race US, there's a queen called Tamisha Iman, who is just this older queen that's been in the game for decades and has like, is the drag mother to like all of these legendary drag children and is, you know, Mm -hmm. real sort of mother hen of the group kind of thing. And throughout her time on the show, talks about how she actually is still recovering from having cancer and Mm. is having all of these sort of chronic symptoms during her recovery and that kind of stuff. Well, didn't
2: she get accepted to the show on the season before that and then had to turn it down because the day she accepted that invitation, they called her and said that she had cancer?
1: Yeah, so it was like a day after or something. Like she went, yes, I'll be on Drag Race. And then the next day found out she had cancer, which is just heartbreaking. So she's Yeah, like
2: you have to come to hospital now and be treated mm, immediately.
1: Totally. Kind of deal. Yeah. Mm. So now she's obviously still in recovery and is still having a lot of symptoms as a result of chemo to the point that she actually reveals in one episode that she's got a like an ostomy bag still mm. and and that's is, really quite late into the
2: Absolutely.
1: And it's into ab- the piece. Yeah. And it's actually quite amazing because like it's she she tells you in this sort of talking head bit that she actually hasn't told anyone at Drag Race that she's got an ostomy bag, so like none of the other queens she's competing against know that she's. And this is this is when she's trying to do choreography with a hula hoop, fully like a hula hoop, and it's like this intense choreography, and she's supposed to be like fucking death dropping and shit like that, and it's I'm like I. How are you doing this with an ostomy bag? She sort of sees death how dropping
2: to- for those that don't know is like um kind of like the splits and then also falling on your back at the
1: same time. Yeah, sort of. it's a jump kind of dramatic move that comes from the uh, voguing scene, like ballroom scene in Harlem. The amount that they must hurt themselves when they're trying to learn how not to hurt themselves is I know. unbelievable. But yeah, like she's to me, is this like unbelievably seasoned queen. She knows what she's doing, but she sort of actively says that she has to take it easier than she normally would or that she would have years ago because of how her body is reacting to doing all of this kind of stuff. And Mm. yeah, that scene where she talks about having an ostomy bag and not telling anyone about it and having to do choreography with a hula hoop is unbelievable. I'm trying,
3: but at the end of the day, I have another problem. It's not just the cancer. I'm here with an ostomy Bag on my stomach. It's an
2: open wound and it limits my mobility. I can't do the things that I normally could do. Here we
0: go, one more time. Five, six, seven, half, five.
1: Especially when she finally does sort of talk about her cancer and that kind of thing and her recovery. And even though she's talking about it a little bit, doesn't tell them everything. And there's this one weird scene where, like, the judges' panel starts having this conversation about whether they should judge her in the same way or whether they should give her lenience because she's sick. And I found it just the most bizarre (laughs) conversation because I feel like like, going, Rue, you would never be able to do this.
2: (laughs) Drag race and I'm sure a lot of other people, like I I watched it on the reg. I like it as, you know, it can be quite emotional and like, Yeah. A really fun and beautiful show to watch. But, you know, oh, there's by talking a lot of about problems. Drag Race, yeah, yeah, we're not saying that Drag Race is
1: perfect and doesn't God, have no. tremendous problems. Yes. Because- there's a lot of issues here. It's, it's more just like one of the first moments in my life that I sort of saw these like talking heads of people, not in a documentary about chronic illness, but on a show about something completely different, talk openly mm. about chronic illness, if that makes sense. Totally. Um, totally. But, yeah, that is not to say that Drag Race is without problems because, whoo oh boy, there's a lot there. Did you think that that was badly handled by the judging panel? It just made me feel a bit weird because, like, I, mm. I know that it is, you know, like, and Tamisha probably wouldn't want have wanted to be judged differently because of her chronic pain and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, it, I don't know. It's it just, just the conversation made me feel a bit like, Bitch, you try and do what she's doing. Like, she is. <laughs> it made me feel gross. I didn't yeah. like it. And
2: and I think at one point she was saying to me, she was saying that she's essentially trying to do choreography with an open wound on her body.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what freaked me out because I was like, surely that there is some sort of liability risk here. Like, I, yeah, and I kind the, of wish she that didn't she'd. She did not tell them. Yeah. yeah. I just wish that she'd maybe spent another year resting and recovering and then gone on the next season you know like but they were like oh we could see fear in your eyes when you were doing this choreography I'm like yes bitch it's because she's got an open wound on her body yeah and an ostomy bag that she's scared that she's about to split open I would have fear in my eyes as well yeah it was I mean that was a bit mm. of a weird situation and I think it is one of those bizarre things where like you watch a lot of the like these queens, that, and I'll get to the third one in a second. But a, a lot mm-hmm. of these queens and the difference in their sort of transparency level. Evie, for example, was she was quite like open about talking about her Ella's danlos loss, um, and you know, was open to sort of telling choreographers that she couldn't do that today because she had to rest her knee and all of that kind of stuff. But wouldn't go into detail about what Ella's danlos kind of was to them. But was sort of open in the talk But don't we get afterwards? sick of
2: like explaining it to people and try like oh God, I just yeah. tell people I have like arthritis sometimes or a headache totally. or a slip disk to avoid these these conversations because yeah. people don't understand what it is and I'm tired of explaining it. And half yeah. the time they don't believe me anyway because they've never heard of it.
1: Yeah, and they don't know what you're talking about. And Exactly. I, and I think the other thing is is that like there's it's such a big thing on the show that they if Anyone sort of goes, oh, yeah, but I I can't do that because of this. People, like, they get penalised for making excuses. You know what I mean? Mm. So, like, it Mm -hmm. was probably a self-preservation thing. Um, Totally. I think that's what Tamisha did as well, but she went to the sort of, like, furthest end of the spectrum of hiding absolutely everything, like did not Mm -hmm. want to talk about any of her symptoms because Mm -hmm. it was almost like she sort of saw it as a sign of weakness, which made me very heartbroken to watch. Do you think it's because she was an older person? I think that was there was some element of that as well, totally, um, mm. because she was so much older than all of the other queens that she was competing against. I think it was she just didn't want to risk them thinking that she was in some way a weak competitor. So mm. yeah, which is heartbreaking. But I, I mean, think it shouldn't be there the might case. be an
2: there might be an element there of I think with younger age groups. Maybe disclosing chronic illness also might be more acceptable
1: than it would have
2: maybe been for her to.
1: Mm, Yeah, totally. I think a lot of. I
2: can't um, speak on her behalf, but I'm just sort of. We're just speculating.
1: Well, I think a lot of people of sort of older generations do tend to struggle to open up and talk about a lot of like chronic illness stuff a bit more. I've. Oh god! Like
2: our our my family are. Fucked.
1: I'm like, guys, well, talk just about like it.
2: Older people with endometriosis and stuff was totally never talked about until now.
1: Absolutely, but anyway, but getting yeah. off track. And then the um the the third person with chronic illness, and the again the fact that there's three people with chronic illness on this show is just baffling, like mind boggling to me. It's amazing. On the other end of the spectrum of just being super fucking upfront about it, and just being like, fucking deal with it, bitch, like. <laughs> is uh, the stunning Ginny Lemon from um, Drag Race UK who. Oh, we love them. Oh my God. Ginny is a beautiful non binary angel who goes by she, her pronouns in drag and they, them out of drag. But Ginny they gets read on the sort of like on the runway at one point by the judges for wearing a really low heel and mm. turns around and just goes, Yeah, well, I've, I've got five of my outers, so I've got to look after myself. And listen, why don't you wear a heel? There is a, like a medical reason why though. It only literally happened just before I came to the show. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which is chronic pain. And I don't want to use it as an excuse no. at all. Well, maybe wear a nicer colour. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and
1: it was I just hooted so loudly at that Same. Piece. I yelled. Like I fully yelped at my TV. It was just one of the most glorious, like, love it or leave it, bitch. I'm wearing my grandma heel because my... My bones ache. Like, it was just so fucking, you know, oh, it was... Ginny is just, what I like, I'm going to love and stand Ginny forever because she is just so punk rock. She is like, oh, God, just, you know. She's like Keith Flint from The Prodigy in drag. Totally. Oh, my God, yes, that's perfect. But, yeah, yes. so Ginny was super open about having fibromyalgia and... Um, I guess, I'll, you know, we probably should have done a spoiler alert because this is a fairly recent episode, Whatever. so spoiler alert. If, you, if you're not up to date with Drag Race, just turn off now. Ginny essentially walks, when she's uh, up for elimination, rather than lip syncing for her life to stay in the competition, just goes, yep, catch her, and just walks off the stage. And then in her interview, is just like, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking knackered. Like, I'm tired. I just want to go home. And... Isn't that, I'm going home to bed. I'm going home to bed. And I was like, that is the most chronic illness energy oh, I've yeah. ever seen in my entire life. Like me being like, oh God, why did I sign up to this? No, I want to go home. Like, no, yeah. not for me. It was yeah. just a, like, I don't think I've ever related to anything more than that. It was amazing. It was just, yeah. and I don't think a lot of able-bodied people watching that realised how linked it was to the fibromyalgia that she just spoken about, whereas like every person oh, yeah. with chronic illness was like, "Yes, bitch, work." She <laughs> totally. was incredible. And like I said, the the fact that there's representation in a show that isn't specifically about chronic illness, you know, like because a lot of the time that's the only place that we really get to tell our stories when it's like about our illness. So the fact that this is a fucking drag reality show and there's all of these people going, "Yeah, fibromyalgia, bitch," and it's mind-blowing to me. It's, it was just so important to me about learning so many things. Came along at exactly the right time for me. That girl, thinks she's the queen
0: Well,
2: I want to talk about someone that has influenced me from a really super, super duper young age and I did not know she was ill mm-hmm. um, or went through a bout of illness. I'm going to talk about Kathleen Hanna. She is a singer, musician, artist, photographer um, and writer and my hero since I was about 13. Yeah. Um, and probably the biggest influence on me as a singer and much of my politics as well. <gasps> you might know her from Bikini Kill and Julie Ruin and probably most of this audience from La Tigra, I would say. Mm, yeah, I think La Tigra um,
1: would be a big yeah. one for sure.
3: <laughs> Who put the plumber
2: the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Primarily was an activist uh, and still is, and from an early age, kind of gave me confidence to be loud and imperfect, and kind of made me believe that I could sing in a band too. Yeah, and
1: sort of. I think she had be- that impact on a lot of a lot of women our age, for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and not sort of conform to what the traditional ideas of what a young girl or a young woman should be. Totally. Um, or a like, uh, female
1: musician as well.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah. And at a time when it wasn't popular to do so, kind of saying about feminism and rape and queerness and Mm -hmm. aids and incest and all of these taboo issues and started this movement called Riot girl hell yeah which produced um other bands zines meetings concerts Mm -hmm. all of that kind of thing it it i will say that it did have its problems with intersectionality like like a bunch of stuff which have been largely worked through now i believe Mm -hmm. Hopefully, and as a musician as well, it's come across a lot of sexism and barriers and like awful shit. It kind of yeah. gave me the confidence to like never, ever like give up and never let anyone sort of tell me what to do. Yeah. And if you've seen bands like Camp Cope now, I guess mm. say you know Girls to the Front.
1: Yeah. That's oh yeah. They are running started Ka- that. Yeah. They're running because Kathleen
0: walked.
1: her impact is so widespread on so many bands like that totally Mm.
2: and so there a couple of years back I think it was 2013 there was this movie called the uh, sorry a documentary called the punk singer that came out and Mm. it really hit me really hard because I think I was in the early stages of getting sick Mm -hmm. like really sick and hadn't really had a proper diagnosis yet, and it sort of tracks a generally her. Generally confusing
1: time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really great <laughs> to say the least.
2: <laughs> Watching it was a really big deal for me, and I watched it again this afternoon and had to control myself from bawling
1: until tears came out of my I don't know ears or whatever. Yeah. You messaged me um, multiple times, being like, "I am crying." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh no. yeah, oh no." <laughs> yes oh dear. so bikinical broke up she did julie ruin uh
2: and then did latigra and latigra got really successful um mm-hmm. and suddenly she stopped performing in 2005 although she didn't want to admit it publicly mysterious health problems made it impossible for her to continue so she kind of says in this and it killed me um and you can see her struggling through the last La Tigre tour and everyone around her being really worried and her being really exhausted. Yeah. Um and she So says, she kept it
1: all under wraps. Like didn't yeah, tell anyone. Yeah, she kept it, it all it under wraps. And, yeah. Not sure.
2: She said that um she told everyone that she was done with music. So she
0: said, "I lied when I said I was done. I knew I wasn't done. I just didn't want to face the fact that I was really sick. I wanted to I wanted to have control over it. I wanted to tell everybody I chose to stop, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't choose. I was told by my body I had to stop. Um, but that was really painful for me to be told by anybody or anything what I could and couldn't do. So I told myself and told my bandmates and told my husband and told the world that I chose to stop playing music because I had nothing else to say. Because that felt better to me than being in touch with the fact that I might not ever be able to do the thing I love more than anything in the world.
1: Oh, and like it's t- taking back that semblance of control as well, like when your body yeah. forces you to stop doing something and being like, no, I made this choice. That's yeah, yeah. just bloody heartbreaking. Yeah yeah so she was really fatigued she lost her voice
2: sometimes she lost her breath she lost the hearing one of her ears at one point when her speech became slurred as if she were drunk she thought she'd had a stroke and you can see her getting ready to make a speech at a planned parenthood rally and panicking and having language and hearing issues Mm. and you know was taken to an emergency room and dismissed by a doctor as having a panic attack. Um, oh, classic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, mm, relatable content. There's, yeah, there's no illnesses with all those bodily systems involved. Yeah. And there's this really heartbreaking bit too where she describes losing the power behind her voice at sound check. And I've said this on the podcast yeah. before, but this was – Really hard for me to watch because this is my experience as well when I yeah. took Lyrica for my the condition. The exact same
1: thing happened to you. I remember exactly you telling the same me. thing. Um, and she
2: says her voice is like an arrow and she's trying to hit the target with her voice. Um, And the arrow kind of just falls to the ground. Yeah, just like drops in midair and doesn't make it to the
1: target. Yeah.
2: Different doctors offer different theories, lupus, multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. And she actually got treated for uh, Lyme disease in 2005. Yes. um, Was diagnosed for it and was treated for it and pronounced Mm. cured. Um, And the tests were actually not very good. And when all these other, yeah. And when all these other symptoms rocked up because she had had that test, it was just kind of written off. And there's a bit in the documentary where she's had what was later diagnosed as late stage Lyme for five years. And you can see her crying and slurring from the drugs that they've given her. And as someone that relies on her body and voice um, and singing to make a living, it's heartbreaking. Totally. And you it's... can see her partner, which is Adam from the Beastie Boys, having to give her medication and care for her. And yeah. she's slurring and saying, I want people to see what yeah. this is like.
1: Yeah. And she's like, in that scene, that re- that was the one that really upset me as well, because she's, you can see her like visibly like crying and she, you know, is shaking and not speaking very well and all of that kind of stuff. But she, and she's like, you know, I obviously can't go on stage like this and this isn't even as bad as it gets, you know, but I want yeah. people to see this. And yeah, you're right. It is absolutely like a gut punch watching that footage mm. because it is As someone that's so like real. an
2: outspoken activist that, mm-hmm. you know, inspire, inspired and continues to inspire so many people yeah. with her voice and what she has to say, making herself that vulnerable yeah. is difficult to watch yeah. and I'm glad
1: that she did it. Totally. Um, There's a lot of power in that, but, yeah, its it doesn't mean that it's not a heartbreaking thing to to see. Of course it is. Yeah, and she hid it for so long too from everyone. And it was probably because she was also going through that – thing of like not knowing herself what was going on as well. So like making a statement about what her body was doing when she didn't know what her body was doing must have just been so difficult. I know. And also like that period
2: where you get when you get a diagnosis where you grieve a bit and you mm. kind of you you imagine the limitations it's going to place on your future life oh. even though... Totally. Yeah. You go through
1: the full like stages of grief, and it isn't something that you just go through the five stages of grief and then you're kind of done. Like you go through them as like in a cycle, is what I found. Mm. Like you keep going mm. through all these things, and it is. It's just it's so difficult, and especially when your livelihood depends on it and is then taken away from you, your livelihood and also like the thing you love doing the most. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me that she kept it under wraps for a little bit because it, it must have just been just one of the Most difficult periods of her life.
2: Yeah, it kills me to watch, but I do recommend giving it a watch. The Mm. punk singer, and it's on YouTube. Yeah,
1: but she's one of the first people that I had heard of that had Lyme disease, because Mm. it's it's not really a thing in it. Well, it is a thing in Australia, but we don't recognise it. Is that right? Yeah,
2: yeah, I believe so. But if some limeys want to write in or leave a spoony hotline and tell us,
1: please do.
2: Because from my um, from my
1: under understanding, which may be completely wrong, and as Joe said, please feel free to phone in and correct us because we don't have ticks that have that similar they reckon that we don't have ticks in Australia that carry that particular thing that gives people Lyme disease, and so because mm-hmm. they reckon that we don't have them, therefore Lyme disease can't be real in Australia <laughs> which I feel like there's a lot of holes in that general sentiment, <laughs> just in general. But, I feel um, like I'm rolling my eyes so hard, like, people might be able to hear it. Yeah, same. <laughs> like, I've given myself a cluster headache from it. It is really, really bizarre. But we, I feel like we don't know a lot about Lyme disease in Australia because of that lack of recognition of the, the illness itself so well that's yeah, why I she remember. had to
2: suffer for like six years because they said yeah. oh we've given you antibiotics this shitty test says that you're fine yeah. but the good news according to one of the most reliable tests going in a severely underfunded field kathleen is now officially lyme free
1: amazing Um,
2: and she's back literally
1: cartwheeling on stage and i think she's in her late 40s now (laughs) love that for her so yeah like joe said highly recommend watching punk singer because it is excellent yes Yes.
2: and we will be covering more chronic illness icons as represented in the media over the next couple of episodes so Mm. do let us know if you have any ideas
1: yeah, if there's anyone you want to uh, hear us hear us chat about, then uh, have yeah. a little chitty chat about. Have <laughs> a little chitty chitty. Um, yeah, please uh, let us know who you'd like to hear about. It's Historically Fully Sick! Yes! Uh, this week we, are uh, yes, Historically Fully Sick will be brought to you by yours truly, Chloe. But before I begin, I would like to give a little bit of a content warning because this Historically Fully Sick does cover topics like uh, slavery and enslaved people, so if that's something that is... Uh, a topic that you'd rather not hear about, then maybe skip a little bit. Alrighty, so this week's historically fully sick focus is known as one of the most influential leaders in US history. Mm. Born around 1820, this woman was born an enslaved person who bravely Mm -hmm. risked her life to free slaves and rid the US of slavery altogether. Do you know who I'm talking about? Well, this could be several different people, but keep going. True that. Uh, I am talking about Harriet Tubman, who
2: everyone knows,
1: but I think a lot of people don't really know that she was actually disabled. Right. So, yeah. So she's, uh, like, obviously a hero by today's standards, and I think, like, was it last year that they announced that they were putting her on the $20 bill in the US? Hmm. It was fairly recently, but I can't see Trump doing something like that. Yeah. And also... I don't understand what time is anymore. This may have been four years, five years ago. But yeah, so she's being put on one of the, uh, the bills um, in, in the US. But yeah, so hero by today's standards. But in her lifetime, she was like full rebel, revolutionary, enemy of the country kind of thing. Um, she had to do some pretty confronting and down and dirty stuff to achieve what she did. Mm. She was fucking shit up for entitled white people. She freed a hell of a lot of people from slavery, including her own family. She was a spy. She set fire to plantations, and she was actually the first woman to lead an armed assault raid during the Civil War.
2: Oh, I
1: love it. Yeah, so, yeah, absolute fucking badass. And she did all of this while chronically ill, which is just absolutely beyond incredible to me, right? Mm. So her disability actually came about from an injury. So when she, like I said, she was um, born... Uh, an enslaved person and when she was a teenager she acquired a traumatic brain injury when um, a slave owner threw a two pound metal weight at another enslaved person who was attempting to flee and she jumped in front of it and uh, the weight struck her instead which uh, Mm. she said broke her skull oh my god i know so like i said there's there's quite a bit of heavy stuff in this but it is. I feel weighed out by just her general badassery. So this resulted in developing lifelong chronic symptoms like epileptic seizures, hypersomnia, and some say these days, looking back at her her life, that it could have been narcolepsy as well. Uh, mm. Chronic pain, severe headaches, hallucinations, and a host of other symptoms. So unfortunately, the violence the violence that she experienced on a daily basis as an enslaved person made her injury worse, and made her and. I absolutely fucking hate saying this, and I'm so sorry, Um, made her unattractive as an enslaved person, and her owner tried to sell her and couldn't. Oh, that seems, like, really cool. Yeah, just there's a lot of really cool stuff in this. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Doing the research for this made me just, in general, like, horrified and just devastated. Anyway, so, she finally managed to escape slavery around 1849 using a grassroots anti-slavery activist network, which was known as the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, over the next decade or so, she became what is referred to as a conductor of the Underground Railroad, dedicating herself to freeing an enormous amount of enslaved people, including some of her family members using the Underground Railro- Railroad Network. She freed so many people that her nickname was Moses, who was the fella in the Bible that led the enslaved Israelites out of Egypt to freedom. Mm. It's estimated that she directly, personally led around 70 people to freedom herself during this time, but she provided escape instructions to countless more. So the work that she did was unbelievably dangerous and difficult, and it would be like unbelievably hard for anyone like an able-bodied person would be like whoa this is a bit tough so for someone with severe and untreated chronic illness symptoms it is like absolutely mind-boggling to me how this amazing woman did some of the shit that she did because it is yeah unbelievable so like she was like Sleeping in woods and forests and just terrain while she was, like, leading people across states to get out of, like, slave states. Oh, my God. She makes me look like such a weak bitch. Same. <laughs> I literally complained the other day because my fridge was too far away from my bed. So um,
2: I sent you a message complaining that the kilo bag of nuts I just bought was hurting my shoulder.
1: True. True that. That was a message you legitimately did send me. So, yeah, she, uh, like, yeah, sleeping in woods and forests. She only worked during the freezing cold winters and in the middle of the night in order to avoid a te- detection. She carried mm. a revolver and wasn't afraid to fucking use it. Hell and yeah. it, legend goes that slaveholders put a bounty on her head of US $40,000, which was oh, like shit. Shit loads <laughs> at the time. And that is a lot. A, equivalent today to about $1.2 so that is wow. an enormous fucking bounty and like an unheard of amount of money at the time. Yeah, so the bounty was on her head as a reward for her capture to stop her freeing the, the people that they had enslaved. During the Civil War, she also led raid raids and assaults. She mapped terrain. She worked as a nurse and worked as a spy. During one raid that she was integral to organising and physically being a part of, the Combahee River Raid, more than 750 enslaved people were freed and they burned down the plantation. Hell yeah! Yeah, like, yeah, fucking amazing. Like, I'm going to go buy several books about Harriet Tubman after this because I am just absolutely in awe. In 1863, Harriet became head of espionage and scout network for the Union Army. She provided crucial intelligence to Union commanders about the Confederate Army supply routes and troops and helped liberate enslaved people to form Black Union regiments. The efforts and years of difficult and laborious service she did for the Union forces is just unbelievable. Like, the work would not only have been dangerous, but so physically hard on her body. Mm. And also just so stressful. And obviously, you know, anyone listening to this knows how... Stress and trauma can affect uh, your chronic illness symptoms. Uh, So, even in her later years, after slavery had been abolished, she did not slow down. She had an open door policy for anyone in need. She supported her philanthropy efforts by selling her homegrown produce, raising pigs, and accepting donations and loans from friends. She remained illiterate and yet toured parts of the Northeast speaking on behalf of the women's suffrage movement and worked uh, with noted suffrage leader Susan B. Anthony. In 1896, she also purchased some land and opened an old folks' home specifically for older people of colour, which she actually moved into herself towards the end of her life. Um, And after battling a bout of pneumonia, Harriet Tubman passed away there, a free woman, in 1913 at the age of 91. So yeah, a very big topic that I obviously haven't even begun to scratch the surface of, but I wanted to do Harriet Tubman for Historically Fully Sick because everything she did for the freedom of enslaved people in the U.S. and the abolition of slavery was obviously world-changing. But the fact that she did all of this while living with severe injury and consequential chronic illness and chronic pain is just absolutely... And narcolepsy as well, like... Oh, just... And, like, hallucinations as well. Like, Mm. there's just so many elements that I just cannot wrap my head around. And it's obviously beyond anything that we could ever imagine.
0: But Mm. yeah,
1: I just think that's an absolute legend. Absolutely. Like, I just think the fact that she was a chronically ill and disabled woman isn't something that's remembered enough. So, yeah, that is my historically fully sick for the week. That was a beautiful
2: one. And I would just like to bring you some news from last month, being the Harriet Tubman $20 bill redesigned to be accelerated by the Biden administration. Yay. So we were correct in saying that the Trump administration allowed the Obama-era initiative to lapse. Classic. Yeah. And <laughs> then um, so the Biden administration, which I still do not stand, whatever. Yeah. I don't stand any administrations. Yes. Uh, but in any case, she'll be replacing Andrew Jackson on the new $20 notes. And as we know, Andrew Jackson um President Andrew Jackson uh, slaves, famously yeah, owned,
1: I think, about 150 enslaved people, so yeah. suck shit. I did actually – I'm sorry, I said slaves then and I shouldn't have said slaves because I actually learned in doing this research that, um, yeah, it's the correct terminology these days is enslaved people, which is something I actually wasn't aware of. So if I have used any terminology incorrectly, I, I do apologise. I – uh, did my best <laughs> with that We're one. We're learning. Yes, we are always we are learning. We're still learning. learning. But yeah, um, Harriet Tubman, what a fucking bad bitch. Unbelievable. Oh, we stand. Stand for We forever. stand a legend. Yeah. Um.
2: So finally, we will, will move on to our last section for Yum. this episode. You. Uh being spoony. Spoony
1: hotline. Spoony hotline. Spoonie hotline. <laughs> Okay. Right, which, which should we begin with?
2: I did just bring them up. Hang on a little second. Oh, I'm just reading that email I
1: wrote to that person. Oh my god. <laughs> Actually, yeah, can we read that out? So Joe and <gasps> I got Joe and I got an email through our website the other day that was obviously someone that had like copied and pasted the same message to like a bunch of different people. And it was when I saw this email, it was I choked on my own spit because it was just one of the funniest fucking things i've ever ever read in my entire life i've got so it, it says, up. hi oh, yeah, chloe go. and joanna i recently discovered your podcast in apple podcasts and wanted to thank you for creating a space that is committed to bracket value they offer in the podcast end bracket <laughs> your dedication to supporting entrepreneurs question mark is critical <laughs> particularly now And then tries Um, to sell us some pseudo-scientific bullshit. Oh,
2: no, no. The guest is like, um, how everyone can be treated by way of a photograph, no matter where you are in the world. Why light healing is the future of healing. Uh, Oh, yeah, light therapy. Mm. Quantum energy, photosynthesis to plants can heal us or something. Here are some Mm. links. Please consider having this person on your podcast. I'd love to connect you. Would you like to read what
1: I wrote back? No, I reckon you read that one out. I read out his uh, hilarious uh, copy pi- copy pasta. You, Hi, you read out your response. Hi,
2: redacted. This pseudo scientific junk peddling nonsense brackets offers no value to our podcast bracket. <laughs> kindly, <laughs> <laughs> kindly fuck off, Joe kindly, and Chloe. <laughs> that,
1: that sign off. Kindly fuck off, <laughs> Joe and Chloe. <laughs> Oh, boy. Listeners, we just want you to know that we are dedicated to protecting you. And um, when we get emails like this uh, with pseudoscientific nonsense, which we do get a little bit, quite a bit. We do. This is how um, Joanna responds. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Never email us again. The people I don't tell to fuck off
2: are people that... (laughs) (laughs) email us for spoonie hotline we
1: love spoonie hotline
2: okay our first spoonie hotline for this week is from jessica and jessica is all the way from ohio in the u.s over to you jessica
0: hey what's up um i'm jessica i also go by jess and i'm a sick sad girl from ohio in the united states um my diagnoses are, like, still in process, even though it's been, like, 10 years, but definitely confirmed with fibromyalgia, arthritis, chronic fatigue, slash ME, um, enthesitis, like, lots of other fun stuff. (laughs) Oh my god, okay, so when it comes to dating with chronic illness and disability, it is a whirlwind, um, I'm definitely someone who is, inclined to like disclose as soon as I can bring it up naturally and doesn't feel forced just because it's such a big part of my life and identity. So I feel like, you know, if anyone's going to be in my life in any capacity, they need to know that in, under- in order to understand like where I'm coming from and my behavior in different contexts. So most of the time when I disclose my chronic illness, chronic pain and chronic fatigue, um, usually I kind of get like a slight acknowledgement but they don't really ask questions which is not the mood and that's not going to be a person for me but the real cooker is one time I told someone and then periodically whenever I would like vent to him he would sometimes like validate what I was going through but would also just be like well I mean like at least you're still hot though And at the time, I didn't really realize why it rubbed me the wrong way so much. But in retrospect, I'm like, that is so extremely dismissive of the reality of, like, my lived experience and what I am dealing with and the pain and, like, betrayal of my own body that I have to live with forever. But also, it's just, like, are we just stating facts here? Like, I don't understand what the point is because, like, my quote-unquote hotness is something that is, like serving him in this context or like that's the only way he's seeing it but really it's like even though my body like can suck sometimes like yeah i know it looks good that is a silver lining but like i don't need him to tell me that oh
1: my god jessica oh my god i can relate to that so much and also <laughs> you sexy hot bitch love this for you but i so so dismissive but also... What a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite my favorite part of that was just like, are we are we just stating facts here? <laughs> I yeah, actually, I'm, for once in my life, don't really know what to say. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, like, I can't stop laughing and I feel bad because that is like, it's so dismissive and so gross. yeah. yeah. But, it's just the way that you presented that, Jess, was just so funny. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, and,
2: like, because people with illness or disability can't be hot, like,
1: fuck off. Yeah, Illness exactly. and disability is hot girl shit. Uh, I Yeah. I'm doing hot girl shit. I'm being disabled. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: Putting <laughs> an ice pack
1: is... on my vagina is hot girl shit. It really is hot girl shit. No, honestly, it's um, we are all hot sexy babes, and that means, you know, and you know being also disabled those two things are not mutually exclusive but uh yeah you're right that is uh, just him saying things that something like something that served him so fuck that guy mm. um, can you give us an update
2: on um how you dumped him because i yeah. expect it was
1: spectacular god <laughs> i literally i cannot wait to hear it <laughs> <laughs> please, yeah. please 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 go to Australia Jess, Jess just we need to take you out for a beer because we have a lot to talk about
3: (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much
2: for that one okay let me find the next one
3: yeah oh fuck
2: that was so funny
3: (laughs) (laughs) hey hey long time listener first time caller um hi hi chloe hi just joe um, I'm just really hit, I've got a different kind of disability to the most of the folk. I'm actually, um, I've got keratoconus, so there's like a chemical in my tear or something like that that erodes my corneas, causes them to tear and they scar over and I can't see. So essentially my vision without my contact lenses is like looking through frosted glass. Um, so I'm entirely blind. Like. I think my prescriptions like twenty something. It's ridiculous. Anyway, um, I lost a contact lens, and they're like specifically made for my eye, and they cost five hundred dollars each, and they're not claimable on Medicare because um, I they are cosmetic, even though I'm totally blind without them. And if I go in and get a new one, the dude's gonna want to do all these other fucking tests that cost like upwards of like around seven hundred dollars. Um, so I'm just like, I'm just walking around with one contact lens in the moment and I'm getting massive headaches and I can't see, and it's really frustrating and it's pissing me off. And I know I'm just going to have to go drop a cheeky grand on this contact lens that I can't afford. Um, yeah, that's it. That's the meme.
2: That was of course Leah from the, uh, loud, angry and not sorry podcast, uh, which is an excellent feminist podcast that everyone should be listening to um and as you can hear from Leah's uh message Leah is extremely funny and awesome but also I'm so
1: fucking pissed to hear that about your contact lens baby god feel like when I was listening to your message Leah I physically was making noises like I'd just been punched in the gut like you being like Okay, this one costs five hundred dollars, and also it's not on Medicare, and also it's cosmetic. Cosmetic? How does that work? Oh my god! Oh, that must be so fucking frustrating, mate. Holy shit! Yeah. Five
2: hundred dollars for a contact for one contact lens, and she's walking around with one
1: in as well. Yeah. Oh, oh my god i can't even imagine how frustrating that is that is that is red hot bullshit like i really Mm. cannot wrap my mind around the cosmetic thing that is just that doesn't make any fucking sense well it's like it's
2: her her case is a bit more um extreme than mine but i still have to pay for it to work at all i still have to pay about nine hundred dollars to get Botox in my jaw to stop me grinding so much that I crack yeah. all my
1: teeth and they fall out. So that's cosmetic, that's, apparently. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as Yeah, because people mm. use it to like lengthen their face or something. But oh god, um, it does make my cheekbones pop, babe. I'm not gonna lie. But like. <laughs> Look, there's cosmetic <laughs> benefits,
0: but uh, there's benefits.
1: But yeah. anyway, Leah, yeah, that fuck is, that, that, Leah. Is, yeah, fuck that noise. That fuck is that bullshit. Um, yeah, start a fucking. Go fund me or something, mate, so we can so we can share it and get at least some of that subsidised. Cause that is that is fucked. We oh can't have you squinting around town Just Come a on. cheeky grand. Bloody yeah. hell. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah, well that's I, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. Thanks, so I hate
2: much. it. No, Thanks, I, I hate, hate it. it.
1: <laughs> I'm so furious, for Leah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Anyway, you can help Leah by listening to her podcast, Loud, Angry, and Not Sorry, available wherever you find podcasts. Yeah, just chuck her some money on PayPal or something, people. That is just. Every dollar counts. Yep. I'm, yep. I'm yep. flabbergasted by that. I'm fl- fucking
0: flabbergasted. Are you really?
1: By that. Are you really, though? No, like, I know I should have um, less faith, but fuck. That's. I don't know, I think because people always go on and on about how we've got, like, one of the best medical systems in the world and stuff. And then whenever I hear stories like that, it's just that re-remembering of, like, yes, we do have one of the best, but the bar is so fucking low. Like, it
2: is so oh, yeah. fucking
1: low. Oh, my
2: God. They'll find, anyway. uh, you know, some opportunity to just give you a, a quick, you know, tweak on the titty every now and then to remind yeah. you that uh, you ain't all that yeah
1: exactly that's what they do the old titty tweak <laughs>
2: Hey on that note let's uh let's wind let's wrap this up, up. <laughs> i'm gonna go tweak my titties elsewhere
1: yeah i know i've gotta got some titties to tweak i've gotta go see some titties to tweak oh um, congrats yeah anyway
2: congrats you can send us a spinny hotline at fully sick at gmail.com and we're on social media you can find us whatever
1: yeah, and uh, please uh, rate, ruin, review, and subscribe. Rate, ruin. <laughs> rate, rate <laughs> <and> ruin us. <laughs> rate, just fucking hell.
0: Hey. This has been a long
1: episode, and honestly, I need a drink. <sighs> um, yeah, rate, ruin us, and subscribe, and whatever. Just give us a review because we're very professional podcasters. Anyway.
2: All right. See ya
3: Catch us, down.